0: Welcome to the show everybody. My name is Joey Galvez and I'm here with my favorite friend, my co-host Benjamin Morse. Um, We are here uh, to talk to you guys a little bit about some stuff. We're going to have a really cool creator come in and we're going to talk to him about his new book. We got Matt. Uh, lowry here to talk about thoughtscape uh we're going to bring him in here but before we do that we want to remind you guys to uh head on over to if your favorite lcs or remind them to pick up graylock number three this one is from eli shockey and he's a friend of the show so make sure you guys can do that if you guys want to shoot your phone towards the screen now and you guys can go ahead and uh do that now but we're going to bring you guys back right after this intro here for you guys and we'll see you back in a second
1: back for 2024 i hope everyone has had a uh fun and safe new years and i for one am super excited to be back and uh to be starting off the new year how was your holiday joey it,
0: it, it was it was a lot of fun we had <laughs> um we we had all kinds of really cool presents right but the one that lingered and stuck around was COVID. <laughs> Did i you got hear, i got the same thing you opened up the same package <laughs> i did i
1: thought to myself there's been a santa there's been a, a terrible miscommunication here <laughs> not what i asked for
0: yeah God. man so yeah unfortunately we, we got covid uh the whole family but we're doing a little bit better we're on the men uh my voice is is almost back to normal um i started to start i started to smell things again today
2: <laughs> oh okay
0: well so, and it was probably myself so but uh, it's okay um. nobody else can smell it, right? You guys all got the same thing going on. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't
1: know. I, I haven't quite gotten my sense of smell back yet. So uh, it is anyone's guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Let's let's bring our guest in because we're here to talk about Thoughtscape comics here. um, uh, This is a really cool one. Tell us a little bit about this one, uh, Matt
2: Mayer-Lowry. Yeah. So Thoughtscape is an anthology series uh, with stories written by me and drawn by a bunch of my favorite indie comics artists. Uh, We funded the first uh, issue in 2021. Um, Last year, we did issues two and three, and now we're back with uh, four and five. And yeah, it's like if you are a fan of 2000 AD, um, Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, uh, we've got a couple continuing stories in each issue. Or that go, you know, they're serialized uh, sort of a la Judge Dredd or Rogue Trooper, that kind of thing. Um, and then a couple of standalones in each issue. So, um, yeah, it's my way to, I guess, get to work with a bunch of different artists um, and tell uh, stories of varying types, varying tones and stuff. So, um, each issue is sort of got, uh, I think, a lot of variety baked into it. And uh, that's part of the goal, at least. So,
1: yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, very cool. I love, obviously I'm a huge science fiction fan and I love the, uh, I think there's so many anthologies out there, but the, um, the ones that I think really land and really work well are the ones that kind of have a theme to them. uh, And especially ones that kind of harken back to 2000 AD. I mean, even I've been aware of this one for a while, but I think from the first time I saw one of these images and saw a sentence of the description, I'm like, okay, I get, I totally get what this is. I have some frame of reference and uh, it was really clear value proposition I think is a, As a reader and a backer, in addition to uh, what I was going to ask about is all the great artists you're working with. I mean, this is a who's who of of indie comics all stars here.
2: Yeah, that was that was a big part of what I wanted to do. I mean, I was like when I around the time I was putting this together, you know, I'd done a book, a couple of graphic novels for Dark Horse um, with a great artist, uh, Cassie Anderson, on a series called Life Formed. We did a couple books there. but so my experience had been very great with her but very limited to you know working with just one person and it was feeling like getting those wheels turning and like having a, a broader experience of uh, making comics was something that i needed to figure out how to do and so um yeah i just started uh, seeing who would be willing to work with me and um, firing off some stories and seeing what we could put together very cool so
1: I'm gonna throw this up on screen but yeah. um kind of take us through if you can what's new in this edition um sure. what stuff is picked up from other ones kind of what is uh, what are you excited about for for this campaigns
2: uh, for yeah for Shardscape. Um, so basically the, the loose Thoughtscape framework is that, uh, these stories are sort of coming from the future in this package, um, that is delivered by a company called Lifetech. And they have access to the Thoughtscape where every thought that's ever been thought exists. And so these stories are, you know, uh, pulled from that is sort of the, the conceit there. Um, so if we, um, yeah, so if we go down here, we've got basically, uh, I guess the first thing I'm excited about is we've got variant covers this time out, which I haven't done before. I like uh, I was pretty reluctant at first just because I'm not a, you know, I guess I grew, I grew up reading comics in the eighties. We didn't have variant covers that took me a while to come around to them, but I realized that like, Oh, this is a cool way to just get to work with even more artists. Right. Um, and come up with some concepts and uh, just kind of broaden the scope of that. So uh, we've got Paul Harrison Davies um, on one cover. We've got a Jim Kersey cover that you can see there. And then Dave Law, who is my, uh, I guess now my longtime original collaborator on any Thoughtscape stories um, uh, did one as well. So we've got those for issue number five. And then we've got a very cool uh, chimp uh, reading a Thoughtscape comic uh, that he's on the cover of by Carl Slominski up there for number four. So those are our two new issues. Um, and then we've got one, two, and three for anyone who's just totally, you know, totally new to the, To the world, so um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I've uh, printing these has been great. I, I kind of like you know got to pick my specs and everything, and really get what I wanted out of the printing process. And so I am definitely excited to see how these like really varied covers for four and five uh, and those variants come out. Um, So that's been super fun. and then yeah and then i guess just more getting uh you know stories in the new stories out there um i'm trying to think what the best way to uh go to if we if you go on the left hand side to um the little nav new nav bar thing they do um down below the add-ons i've got thoughtscape issue by issue and i could kind of walk through uh yeah so yeah so right here i'm breaking out what's in each one but um if you want to jump to like four, I can kind of walk through some of the new guys here. Um, yeah. So here you're seeing great art from like uh, Dave Law, Tyrell Cannon. Yeah, Tyrell Cannon is
1: great. Um, yeah. Very yeah. To that.
2: He's amazing. Um, as, yeah, as I often say, I always have a script or two ready for Tyrell whenever I can <laughs> afford to pull him in. Um, Cause it's just, uh, I don't know. He, f- he feels like such pure comics, um, you know, uh, especially we've done a couple of black and white things of varying screen tone stuff and it just feels kind of nice and old school and fun. So, um, yeah. So number four, uh, we've got, like I said, Carl on the cover, Carl has, um, been working uh, with me since issue one on a story called ex post facto, a dash Veric misadventure, which is sort of like a, uh, doctor who meets twin peaks sort of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can see you can, yeah, the, the Schools Out for Never poster there is probably a good example of Carl's uh, madman brilliance. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we we're, I'm super excited about uh, getting more Carl and more Dave out into the world. Dave Law does uh, Thoughtscape 2319, which is sort of the flagship story uh, at the, that starts each issue. Um, and yeah, he's up there. Yeah. There we go. Uh,
1: yeah, I've been following his work for a long time. I think back when I first got onto Instagram, I think he's one of the first artists I kind of discovered there. Yeah. Uh, fantastic talent.
2: Yeah. He's great. We, uh, the first con that I ever did, which was a Rose city here in Portland, um, Dave was there and right across the aisle from us and we, uh, him and his partner, uh, Chris Calzia on a series called space auditorium, <laughs> which is excellent if you ever read it. Um, we hit it off and, um, just kind of stayed in touch. And then a couple years later, uh, after another con at Rose or another Rose city, um, I kind of was like, I had these different concepts for Thoughtscape coming, going around my head. I had some of the short stories that were already in progress and looking at Dave's stuff and talking with Dave kind of like gelled the whole concept. Um, So he's uh, definitely an essential part of um, this all coming together. And yeah, does his cool, you know, real traditional pencils and inks with some watercolor and then like some Photoshop stuff, uh, real kind of multimedia vibe um and then uh the next one in this uh is uh, is called out of the mouths of babes which is a sort of film noir um twi- very twilight zoney outer limits sort of thing uh featuring a mobster guy and that is drawn by luke horsman who uh is actually john judge Dredd for 2080, um another work for them um and is in england uh, and yeah so this was uh super fun one to work on to another black and white one um to just kind of really like i don't know i like to get the different textures going throughout the book and it's super fun to just uh you know get a little more old school with it so uh so we've got that going that's kind of like a that's around a 20 pager or so um if my memory serves correctly Mm -hmm. and then uh yeah then lane lloyd is uh on a story called I
0: love Uh, I love Lane Lloyd's work
2: yeah yeah me too yeah super fun super distinctive um and yeah, when I got this, I had this story sitting around for a while and then, like, you know, I don't know if you have those. I and mean, my brain just, like, finally was like, oh, it's this person and this, right? And um, I was like, Wayne would be perfect on this. So, uh, yeah, so super fun. Um, I'm very excited to see this one in print just because it's, like, got a real distinctive feel even from the other uh Thoughtscape stories that, uh, when,
0: that when people so talk about having fun with proportions, I think this is the idea that we, yes. that we should be <laughs> about. Than the other things the other people were talking about, yes,
2: for sure. Yep, yeah, so. uh, yeah,
0: because these are definitely fun, fun ways. And and, and I always always love when, when people think about outside of the box with different things of that nature, and it's it's uh Landlord really definitely touches on that a
2: lot yeah for sure yeah and he he draws some bonkers I wrote some bonkers stuff for this story <laughs> and he he draws it and uh it turned out really uh fun and pretty crazy so um yeah. yeah and uh so this is about a guy who um is the only survivor of it everybody in the near <laughs> future is like popping pills that have little robots nanobots in them and using those to enhance themselves in some way. And uh, there's an update with those nanobots that only one person doesn't download. And so he is the uh, he's the only one not affected by what goes wrong in that. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, pretty, pretty fun story. Yeah. yeah. And then we got Carl uh, on um, this Dash story. So this is real kind of like I write this as sort of a stream of consciousness and then uh, carl just delivers um his uh special skills that's this guy right here yeah under the lane stuff sorry
1: oh under the lane okay
2: yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah right there um yeah so this is uh you know i don't i could try to explain it but it's probably best just experience because carl um does such amazing stuff with it but it's basically real stream of consciousness. Um, At this point, it's very much me throwing like stuff at Carl that I just want to see Carl draw and see how it turns out. And then when I get the script, I change it up if I need to. Um, And I kind of write each part as we, uh, as we go, um, because it's, you know, he's got so many great ideas and great visuals that come through that I want to let the story be driven by his work. So, yeah, so this is sort of our, uh, uh, our maybe our midpoint, I guess, for this store, this particular arc, at least. Um, and things go pretty bonkers as that image there indicates. And yeah, so that's uh, that's the fourth issue, and then, um, like I said, we got the variants in the uh, fifth issue that are um, detailed here, and some fun stuff, really varied. Um, and yeah, I did this one that Dave drew is uh, sort of like uh, I've been calling it sort of date night in the thoughtscape, um, <laughs> with uh, a bunch of monsters and a bunch of couples uh, hanging above the monsters. So yeah, it's just uh, definitely trying to get the wheels turning. This one maybe one or a couple of short stories just after seeing what he came up with for this. So it's it's really fun to just you know basically let the artist do whatever we come up with like a real loose concept um i think my idea was basically like a row like dave and i had been talking about what might make a good romance sci-fi story and i was like yeah try, try to do like a romantic cover and this is it. <laughs> so um <laughs> very cool <laughs> yeah pretty fun so uh yeah and then uh so then the story the uh, let's see thoughtscape 2319 um below yeah below that um with the nice Beautiful purples there it continues um, with Dave on the art. And the page below that I really love. I think he really just, um, I don't know, it's fun to like, do some nine panel grid stuff, but kind of mix it up um, and render some. Uh, I've got some characters getting flashbacks in this issue. Um, so that's what uh, is happening there. And then um, yeah, what do we got below that? My brain is. Oh, yeah, this one is So uh, Rob Gugan, um is working on this story called Immortal Hits, uh, which is about a guy that gets abducted while listening to a mixtape in the early 90s, um, abducted by aliens. And uh, yeah, Rob Style, um, another person that just like kind of like you were saying, like finding folks on Instagram whose art you're just totally clicking with. And I was really digging Rob stuff and uh, he was, um, able to work with this, uh, or work with me on this one and, um, yeah, some really fun, you know, he's got a nice, cool retro vibe, uh, pretty engaging and, um, super colorful and fun stuff. So, um, and this is sort of our big, I tried to start pushing into like a little bit longer stories, So this is kind of the, the more epic, uh, standalone story in this issue. Um, and then the next one is uh, by carly Allen fletcher um, on the art Uh, and this is another um, sort of romantic uh, or whatever uh, not quite romantic uh, tale of the thoughtscape Um, a couple that goes on vacation and um, things go bad but more just emotionally so this is uh, sort of basically Carly does these really cool book covers and I've been digging her stuff for a long time. And we, um, my approach on this one is sort of like, I'm a big fan of Grendel. I don't met Wagner's Grendel from, uh, the olden times. Um, I guess it's still going, uh, but, um, and the way he would experiment with the forum and do some big, just like full on pages basically with just prose in it. And that's mm-hmm. a little bit like what this story is going to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a little more. Yeah, you know, just trying out some new stuff and um, trying to push it in those zones. And then, uh, yeah, and then there'll be another chapter of Dash in this. Um, but Carl and I have that one under wraps, hence the uh, little question mark there. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, sort of an overview of the next of these two new issues. They're both going to be 60 pages, um, uh, which is this uh, 12 or so pages more than usual seems weird to say since there's only been, you know, three issues, but, um, all the issues are kind of in between 48 and 60. So, uh, three, I guess three was 60 as well. So, yeah. Um, so we're hoping we can pull this out somehow and, uh, make it happen.
1: Yeah. It's awesome stuff. I was going to ask you, even, um, even at points we have the same artists doing different things, uh, particularly Dave law and, and, um, yeah, you're changing stuff up a lot i mean I, he's got kind of a frank miller in the early 2000s vibe to some of his line work here and then other parts are more polished um in fact this image here um really screams to me uh, ian gibson who uh, just passed away unfortunately mm, yeah yeah but was you know a mainstay of that that kind of 2000 ad scene back in the yeah. it's heyday um do you kind of talk with them like hey i i do you, you think you could push this in like this kind of influence direction or do they do they run with that on their
2: own Um, I sometimes do a little bit in the script where it's like, if I've got a real specific vision for something, I mean, I definitely have asked Carl to draw like Frank Miller helicopters, right? Like the big, (laughs) you know, the big bulky dark night guys. Um, so uh, somewhat I try to like, um, I try to keep it pretty conceptual rather than you know like maybe a specific artist or anything um Mm -hmm. but i found that like after a few attempts at other stuff that never kind of came to came into being that like the more prescriptive i was the the less likely it was to sort of like really sing on the page and so letting folks just kind of do their thing and like Mm -hmm. basically having my job I guess it would be that like just you know sort of like casting or picking the right artists seem like really mm-hmm. the key thing. Um, Dave and I probably, Dave and I do a lot of back and forth, um, but I think it's way more about, uh, I guess just the, it's, it's about pushing it, but it's my, I hope, I, I think it's mostly about just pushing like each of us, right. To try, try kind of try something different or like stretch mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, which he's willing to do and like everybody is pretty uh, i haven't had anybody like you know uh respond poorly to like let's really like make this as bonkers as what you know whatever we want to do like in in dash like i had i wrote in the first issue i had the guy turn into a mushroom cloud and and carl was like this isn't a metaphor you really want him to turn into a mushroom cloud and i'm like (laughs) yep that's it he's like okay i got it and then he just like uh you know, sort of telepathically absorbed the right vibes and and went for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obvious. Like, easily the best part of all of this is uh, is sort of the back and forth that you achieve, um, uh, or on the best. You know, when it's really go when it's really working, that uh, back and forth is uh, a ton of fun, and um, hopefully, everybody's kind of pushing themselves uh, further and further. Um, And like on that on this nine panel grid page, it was definitely a case of like, well, we've got this flashback. We we've we've got like three different people having flashbacks in this issue. the The story itself is only you know seven pages long, so like, how are we going to really differentiate that? Um, And so you see like this page, and then the panel above that I've gotten the little the little masthead is um, that sort of like purple spaceship stuff going through space. Like that's somebody else's flashback. So Dave really like leaned into what can we do to make these really like differentiate themselves just like one page to the next which is kind of how uh-huh. they present so
1: well that's a great storytelling tool as well especially when you're looking to do something with like not that many pages and, and you've really gotta get um, in addition to that you're when you're doing these kind of twilight zone-ish 2000 ad science fiction concepts there's generally some amount of world building and explanation of some central concept that you have to get across in addition to just having a short story Yep. And uh, I think you got to be smart about your artwork to do that, I think, uh, intelligently as well. Yeah. I've been trying to mess, mess up my art style for an anthology I'm doing upcoming. I've been trying to do an Alex Toth story and a Frank Miller story. Oh, okay. And just as an artist, you learn. I mean, I'm always excited to do something like that. So I kind of wondered if your artist came to you and said, hey, I really I really was just read this book and I'm, I'm pumped about that to kind of push in that direction
2: we did if you go up to uh click on the thoughtscape comics number three there i can show you one where we kind of did actually do some of that um i think that should jump you right up there yeah and then scroll down a little bit sorry it's kind of tedious to get to but um so there's a story in this one called um playing possum which is the, under this guy here uh with dessalina fletcher and she totally had just read a bunch of stuff where um it had really influenced how she wanted to deal with uh particularly like the blacks and across the mm-hmm. entire issue um so a lot of this takes place in a forest and or a big piece of it does and so uh she she definitely came to me and said i think i want to do you know i think this is how i want to render a shadow and how i want to treat the darkness in the in the forest and there's a lot of just like really keyed in blacks and um and make it really uh really moody um which she pulled off uh, beautifully i feel like um so yeah i mean like i'm all for uh for trying stuff out and um and i'm you know i'm totally happy to experiment like that in thoughtscape comics number 1 we had I uh, i don't think it's it's not on this page but lisa and i um it's a story about some uh, doll androids that go haywire and uh there was i had just listened to um the cartoonist Kfab guys breaking down the opening of dark knight returns and they were breaking down the 16 panel grid and so i was like i i need to write a 16 panel grid page and see how that goes <laughs> And i but I'll like I'll check with Lisa first and see if she's cool with it. Yeah, like, that's oh, that's not fine. what
1: any artist wants to see when they yeah. open the script like page one, 16 panels. Oh my yep. god,
2: yep. a mistake. so I was like, okay, so I've got a two <laughs> I've got two pages with 16 panels on them. Are you cool with that? She's like, Yeah, that's fine. So um, and it turned out really great, right? It was just like uh it was um it wasn't each panel didn't have to be super detail rich. And so it was um it I don't know, it was a good experiment. It worked really well. I think like it kind of pushed, um, you know, you don't see it a lot anymore. So it was fun to try it out, try out something that you don't see a lot. Um, and yeah, it worked well. So, um, I mean, it's definitely like the learning process of all of this is, is certainly where I'm at. Um, and you know, why I started it, uh, in the first place was to really like up my experience and like get, um, just push through more stories so Uh um and like this the tyrell one here that we're looking at spy without a face is basically like we did a story that ended up in thoughtscape comics number two that i really liked but i wasn't written for it with him in mind um he did a great job with it it was awesome but as i was seeing his more and more of his work and like his just like kinetic action um Uh i was just like oh we need to like i need to do something where i just like unleash him right like um he just needs to be able to go nuts and so uh i basically just wrote a very loose outline for the spy without a face story and uh, and said like go with this it's like here's the basic action of each page um and then he just like did whatever he wanted with those pages as long as long as we ended up at a certain point after you know 11 pages or whatever and then i just went in and wrote my uh you know, sort of hard. Want to be hard boiled Frank Miller dialogue <laughs> over the top of it. I did the letters on that one, so I got to like just really like monkey with it. Put the letters in different places. You know, put just put words on just open white space in the you know Frank Miller tradition. So um, yeah, it was a blast. Um, so definitely like trying to bring something unique to each story in that way is is very important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. To see. So as far as how you enjoy, you might want to jump in here. Like when you've been, uh, I've seen a lot of anthologies start to do really well. I've seen that it's almost, there's like a huge saturation of them on Kickstarter as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any strategy you kind of look at um, as far as how you're putting these out or promoting them that that uh, is unique to, to doing something like this anthology?
2: Um, I think the biggest <clears throat> thing is that it's each issue has, each issue is sort of presented um as if it's a product, as I said, of the uh, like futuristic corporation. And so the Mm -hmm. opening pages are, uh, I guess so far, they're all sort of like an HR memo to the reader from the company Mm -hmm. um, as if they're a member, as if they're a member of the team that is out there like collecting these stories and putting them into the package. And so, um, those are very influenced by like RoboCop and uh, all the sort of eighties Sarcastic, uh, you know, um, like parody sort of sci-fi, or um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's um, so I'd be thinking trying to like package it up in a real in a cool way where the entire thing is like it, uh, valuable, I guess, for lack of a better word, but yeah. like there's there's material of value on every page, and then like in the in the third issue, I had a bunch of QR codes that kicked oh. you out to like some digital content. Um, and, uh, so that was, that was fun. So I've been, I've been experimenting with it. I don't think I have any sort of like solid strategy or anything. Um, but, uh, I definitely want it to be like as immersive as possible. And I don't want anything to be like throw away. There's a lot of graphic design stuff that goes into it too. I brought, um, I do design for my day job and have since I was, uh, out of school um ages ago and i have a really good friend who's an amazing graphic uh graphic artist and so he came up with a lot of the branding material for me uh the logo and everything and um and then i got to just take that and with each issue sort of run with it and uh mm-hmm do cool layouts and um try fun stuff and so i think just a good package that's uh, super well printed um is sort of where i'm trying to go with it and uh you know varying degrees of success um so uh we'll see how it goes but um yeah it's uh it takes up a lot of time to do the business side of it and it's uh (laughs) as we all know and um it's sort of uh finding my uh finding the energy for that part is a lot harder than finding the energy for the writing and (laughs) (laughs) and working on the cool stuff so
0: so so going back to to uh like it like issue number one and and marketing issue number one to to marketing this one now yeah what do you you feel that you have um you've learned or maybe um some maybe even something that you're doing uh you know recycling again but you know Make it a little bit better?
2: I think, I mean, I think the biggest learnings, I I guess everything seems pretty weird now in terms of marketing stuff. I'm not sure like what's working. Uh, I've noticed like, I would say everything's like a quarter of the traction that I used to have. Um, and uh, whether that's like Instagram posts or uh, Twitter posts or whatever. <laughs> but I think most of the learnings have been in just trying to really, you um, I guess, like create, create reusable components for lack of a better word in the, like, whether it's the trailer uh, that I put together or just the graphics for the Kickstarter page, Um, trying to like save as much of my own time as possible by using cool, but reusable elements where I can just kind of swap stuff in and out. Um, That that took me longer than it should have because I wanted to like be giving as much to the marketing of it as I was to each book. But then I realized I was kind of burning myself out with, um, I don't know, trying to come up with like a, you know, a new layout for the Kickstarter page every time or a new way to present each cover or something. Um, so that was important. I, I honestly don't know if I've cracked much else in the marketing front. Like it, the, um, it, it seems really tough right now um i think the campaign is is showing that it's a little tough right now um and i'm not totally sure uh that that other than sort of just like efficiency wise i've i've kind of cracked anything um at least nothing that comes to mind i mean i do think you know like collaborating with other um folks like i've got uh as add-on rewards in the current campaign uh tyrell's doing commissions um or a very limited number of spots and then uh, do, you,
0: do you see that those things are working out
2: um i don't yet uh the so i do also have um Dustin Weaver, uh, has, uh, his series pack list. He's got like a, we've got a package of eight issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Dustin's amazing, obviously. Um, and has, you know, worked for all the big guys, um, yeah. and is killer. And so, uh, you know, I think that people are definitely interested in checking this out. Um, I don't, you know, the add on structure of Kickstarter makes things a little, uh, is a little counterintuitive to people. Um, at least in my experience so far, I've had a lot of questions about just like how to do it. Um, and then I've also got a lot more digital backers and physical backers I'm realizing. And where, uh, and like, I'm only offering, you know, packless as the, as an, as a physical reward, not a digital reward. And so like right there you have some issues. Um, yeah. so, I mean, it's cool. And like last in the last campaign, I did this with, uh, Corridor Magazine, uh, Tenebrous Press, and Dave Acampo on his uh, uh, book Spectral, um, and we so we had like these add-on packages from other folks. Um, yeah. And to me, it was sort of like embracing this this sort of like eighties <laughs> punk ethos, where you know, like you would uh, whatever you'd get the Discord catalog with the, in the Fugazi release, and it's got all those yeah. stuff from everybody else. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a it definitely seems like there's uh got to be some good ways to do this stuff that I'm so, not cracking yet. So. Cuz I
0: see I see that a lot too and I and I always wonder like do you, what what works better? You know, what has been working, what hasn't been working? Um and, and so are those are those little, you know, those those packages that you're putting together from other various artists? Are those are those
2: working? I I would say I mean it's like a it's a it's a perk, not a it's not a big hit, I guess yeah. I would say, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's nice and it might get you a little bit more, but like, you when you're feel, talking about some like of this, it stuff, works.
0: I feel like it only works for like, uh, the fans or for the reader, for like uh-huh. just to give them the more more of an experience of of you know what you're offering. But I don't think it, yeah. I don't think it's gonna do move the needle for anybody, uh, you know, dollar wise or monetary value.
2: No, not really, because you've got so much. You know like you've got to buy it for from the other creator for so much money right it's going to cost uh-huh. you a certain amount and so like the amount you're making off each one is like pretty insignificant compared to right. everything else um and like with with pacos it's just like i i think it's um I, I like i was just like oh this is just a perfect fit right it's like a serialized oh, technology yeah. book yeah. and like Uh, getting more eyes on cool stuff is something I've always been interested in like just helping people do that. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely not uh, it's definitely not going to be like the make or break. Right. Um, Just if, if, if only just because of the costs so um, associated with it. So it's very uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit challenging. And I think like the, the thing I was hoping for was um, having five issues, and I know this this is sort of counterintuitive to a lot of stuff with, that goes on with series. I understand. I was kind of hoping with the Kickstarter model, you you know, you might see the oh, there's five issues. I can just dive into this thing that everybody seems like they're <laughs> digging, and the first couple of campaigns did well, and um, but and so like you have a lot of new readers, and I think like the new reader purchase you know packs so far are pretty uh it's pretty skimpy on that front so wow um, so yeah it's uh no it's a, it's a weird time or at least it's a weird. yeah, ki- weird yeah kickstarter kickstarter
0: yeah. has been very very odd to kind of uh play around with right and and is this the one thing that i think i find that is true is that the same thing that you did last time will not work this time yeah yeah that's like and and it's and it's going to continue to do like so it's it's very weird right and each campaign has a life of its own and and you can go into a campaign and, and and expect to do well and say okay this is what i'm gonna do because i did last time right but it doesn't. It's maybe might may not work that way sometimes, right? <laughs> so. Totally, totally.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I was, you know, because I've even I've even wondered about just this time of year. Like, is this yeah. a good time or not? <laughs> but The last time went great, so like, it like kind of like you said, I was like, okay, well, I'm basically just, yeah. you know, not doing exactly the same thing, but kind of following the same models. I did the same mm-hmm. uh, sort of um, pre campaign push to get a bunch of followers, you know, on the Kickstarter page and stuff. Um, and all those things that seem like they did well last time, and yeah, I, I mean, so far it doesn't seem like it's, you know, we're in the same ballpark. So, uh, yeah,
0: I think, I, I think even I've, I've been, I've been uh, hearing from other creators too that even the numbers have been very weird since like even like like November, December, oh really, uh, are, are very weird, or or even like October, like October numbers compared to like January numbers are, are very odd. It's people <laughs> are saying that where like in October, Kickstarter would have been one of your main ones where everybody was coming from, right? Yeah. yeah. Where, where now it's like one of the lowest ones that where everybody's coming from, which is very interesting, and I, and I wonder if it's because there's not a lot of traffic through Kickstarter right now. And I I, I say I'm I'm going to say this I'm guilty of I haven't seen a Kickstarter. I well, if obviously I work and I build Kickstarter pages, yeah. but um i haven't like scrolled kickstarter to like go and purchase something since before like november and, and wow. so so i'm i'm guilty of it so how many more people are also guilty of yeah. that
1: yeah well, it seems yeah. a lot quieter now i was actually building the page to get a pre-launch link um while i was sick because it was one of the things i could do so mm-hmm. i was kind of doing that for that reason and i was like there are just not a lot of comics on here right now interesting um, so yeah it's just kind of a and that's yeah. i think probably due to the time of year people are like i'm not to try and run a campaign during the holidays
0: um everybody's was- gonna start running them <laughs> everybody's going for february I, i'm telling you right yeah <laughs> yeah
2: Interesting.
0: i think i think that i think that's why kickstarter kind of got an idea they're like okay January is gonna be a little slow so they kind of kick it over they have that mm-hmm. open call that that make 100 because mm-hmm. you know you make 100 it's it, it's a lower goal it's already kind of mm-hmm. you know are you already it's not this huge crazy ambitious campaign Uh, I considered, you know, dropping the thing that we're doing here uh, uh, in in January. And I was like, well, let's push it back to February. Let's see how that goes. (laughs) But everybody's doing it in in February now, February, March and April. Those are going to be hot months. Um, I feel like uh, so. But but everybody has their hot months. Right. So so but but what do you do? Like you said, what do you do when your hot month changes and, and it's no longer your hot month?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think like all this stuff, like I, it's, I think just being as like nimble as you can be and, and adapting and not being like, uh, and it's tough because it's, like, I, most people are doing this not as, like, their primary gig, right? So, like, it's tough to find the energy reserves to do it. But, like, if you can just view failure as, like, another data point and just kind of, like, take that data and go to the next thing as fast as possible. Like, if you can if you can sustain your morale, you know, in order to do that, I think that um, it's the it's kind of the only way you can make something happen and it's just, is just keep trying to iterate and just try different stuff. Um, you know, I did it like, I did a Zoop campaign, um, that, uh, failed largely or in a big way, uh, right around the time they opened up, um, opened up to, you know, outside Korea, I can't, whatever they called it, um, 2022. And, uh, it was, brutal, but I learned a ton from it. And I think that what I learned from that, I was able to take and put into the next Kickstarter campaign and, uh, and, you know, and learn. So I guess like, if this ends up not working out, I can, I'll try to take the learnings from this and, and move on to, in a new way. But, um, yeah, it's just, I think you just gotta like fail, fail fast and fail often and learn from it and, uh, and keep pushing it through. If you can, uh, you know, it is tough because it's, you know, everybody's got like their hearts into this, uh, into what you're working on. And it's um, uh, definitely can be brutal when it doesn't uh, happen in a in a good way. So.
1: Yeah, I found that last year as well. Um, my campaign for August, I was so pumped about It's my favorite book. Mm-hmm. And it just was like uh, and I I mean, I saw every other crowd funder really just have a bad month that month as well. I didn't necessarily take it too personally, but at the same time, I was just like, I also kind of had in my gut, um, I had seen a lot of campaigns do really well, I'd say in June. And then at the same time in my day job, I was hearing, oh, so-and-so got laid off or jobs would slow down. I kind of got the sense that like, hey, this is, August is not going to be great, mm-hmm. and I and I wish I had listened to that a little bit more and held up for a few months. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something it, it pointed to two things: a that you know you should be paying attention to that, and b that if you do kind of smell something in the air. And I think this is a larger. I don't think this is even necessarily, uh, you know, confined to crowdfunding comics, yeah. but everything. It's like yeah, this might not be a great month. Um, you know, I, I do think you probably can trust your gut there. At least I, I will next time.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, that makes a ton of sense. It's um, and it's and a lot of this stuff is just a t- is a total gamble and a toss up. Like Joey was saying, it's like how do you know? You know, like how like one one month if your month was hot last time and it's not hot this time, you know, like it's uh, it's real hard to know um, where it's oh. gonna go.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's all
1: random too. I mean, that's my first <laughs> campaign did really well. The second one, I didn't. I don't think I worked as hard on it, thinking I just. I expected to lose a little bit from issue one to issue two, but I lost a lot more than I thought. I thought, all right, that was a little bit laziness, probably a little bit things just not working out. And then it's always luck, too. I mean, one of the first when I was trying to get my channel going on YouTube, I did a video where I kind of picked through some AI stuff um, in relation to another book I was working on developing. It got like 11,000 views or something. I thought, wow, I'm really good at this. This is going to be great. I'll probably be. Probably be the next Mr. Beast by uh, this
0: time next year. Uh, found like no, you were just lucky the first time. <laughs> I I did I, I was uh I was playing around. See, and then and I love that we're talking about this because you know when you play around with like the algorithms and you play around with with uh different ways to market stuff. So in uh ways to get myself out there and to get it getting things, I, I was going on TikTok and. Uh, because at the time I had a live show every Wednesday, we were talking about geek culture and, and, and it was like, like geek culture that was happening. And it just happened to be like 2020, 21, 21, where, where everything was happening. Right. Because everything was shut down. So the and or before then after, but so it was like hot. Right. So, um so there was a lot to talk about so what i did was i jumped on all, all i jumped on tiktok and i like when we because we had a pretty good source of like like information coming from like different friends who are in the in the media cool. um so we kind of got stuff a little bit earlier or as they were dro- dropping so we were able to uh, uh, go on tiktok and drop stuff a video about like different things like it was like about you know uh, i think it was like volume 3 when they were like literally just like signing contracts and stuff and and people were talking about people dying right so like right. So they were like speculating right and and one of the one of the, the, the little bit more solid uh, ones which actually didn't happen, <laughs> when, so I should probably go back and do a TikTok video and blow up. <laughs> but but it blew up. It like got like eighty thousand views or something like that in in, in like of course of a few hours. I was like, holy crap! And I was like, and and I was like, man, I'm gonna be a TikTok star. Nope, it just it was just <laughs> like the one time. The one time that you talked about the one thing that was happening, right? So it's right. like and, and and so, but how do you do something like that? How do you take something like that? and duplicate it and try to because cause you know I, I guess i didn't i guess if you don't play the lottery right you don't win so how do you if you don't get yourself out there and 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 do these things and make mistakes and try different things yeah. and, and change change the way you your trajectory right so you know maybe you got to get yourself out there and learn so exactly i i feel like it's one of those those really cool things that we can kind of do is fail and learn right yeah,
2: totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think like you just I I think even though it's I think this is the thing that really frustrates me a lot of the times is just like how much time you spend in one on the on that side of things right trying to like penetrate yeah. the noise versus yeah. making the work. And I so I feel like a lot of the times it's really hard to maintain the goal because of the pace of just like I just want to put out like a really good book, right? It's like, I just want to get, like, that's, ultimately, it's all in service of that. And so I think if you can focus on just always making sure that the thing you're actually making, like the the art object you're actually making, not necessarily the content you're making, is, like, as good as possible so that whether somebody finds it this year or they come across it in, I don't know, like a, a dime bin in 10 years or something, that, like, it holds up and like they're interested enough, you know, to like check it out. And I mean, like it's yeah. So because the other stuff can be so painful and so fraught of like, why am I not getting more clicks and why am I sounding through? So it's like being able to like have the work and have it be solid um, cool. seems like. Uh, you know, if you can keep that as your core and say so it's real easy to lose track of it. But if you can keep that as your core, it seems like uh, seems like the thing to do. And then maybe at least you'll be, you know, like a footnote in the history of comics. Right. Which is full of weird footnotes of stuff that should have <laughs> probably worked, but didn't. Um, and and that's cool, you know, <laughs> in and of itself. Um, so, Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean that's the and it, you know, it, it all boils down to like you, you know, you have to put on that hat and it's like, okay, what can I do next time? And then there's also just you really do have to go back and I think refocus, be like, okay, this didn't work out, but I I do really want to do this book. I want to do this genre, yeah. I'm gonna do this type of setup. And that things do have to have to kind of that has to be the genesis of most things, I I think. I mean, I guess as a creative person, I would uh I would be the one saying that. But um, you know, and I think that's you also are somebody you said something earlier that resonated with me because i'm always thinking is when you were talking about how you set these things up and even the graphic design pages or the credit pages you're like okay i want to make sure every page of this has value um to the reader and that's that's something i'm always like editing in my head okay is this this, here's an exposition scene i have a lot of ground to cover but there's got to be a way to make this fun and not just like a boring let's get to the next thing but i have to do it um i'm always really just trying to look for ways to do that and i think as long as you're doing that um, you know, you're sometimes I think your backers are not always going to stay with you from book to book, especially in a, a longer series. But I think people will remember, yeah, this was this was always every step of this was good. I think it at its uh, the reason I think from a reader's perspective to go to these comics on on Kickstarter or any other platform is, um, at its best, we're going to be doing things a little bit more like that. We're not just putting out a book every month, we're not just getting the X Men to where they need to be for the new team to take over, you know, we're not. Kind of just servicing that thing. These are supposed to be um, things that take a little more time on, and yep. and uh, giving you a little bit more care than you get in somebody that's just trying to get the next issue out before uh, before it needs to be in store. So I think people do I will remember that. Uh, at least that's that's what I'm hoping. I think that's that's from a reader perspective. You're not going to get your comics that day necessarily. Right. Um, <laughs> get away from to the mail. There's some drawbacks to this, but I think that we have to concentrate on making those tangibles. That that everything about this is fun. Everything about it has attention paid to it. <clears throat> that's going to be the thing I think that compensates for it. And yeah. uh, and you know this book does that. So that's that's um that's I think something that long term is I think going to work out. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. definitely. Yep, yeah,
0: agreed. All right, I think we are coming down to the last few minutes here of the show. Um, this is the part of the show where we talk a little bit about what we do, uh, a little bit about we, what we have coming up. Um, you are more than welcome to hang out, or you can cool. head out if you need to. Um, uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about what we're going, what we have going on. Well, first of all, we, t- we talked a little bit about uh, just kind of backtrack. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how how like it could be a little hard to kind of you know you know break through that noise and kind of you know if especially if you are you know Having to separate the business side of the things to, from the creation side of things, and and how do you kind of balance the different two, right? So us over here at Geek Collective, we are actually a full service, uh, studio. And what we do is we actually help you guys with crowdfunding support. We have all these really great, amazing uh, things that we have. We uh we do a, a project management, uh, campaign designs. Uh, we do site building. We even have trailers. Uh, Benjamin is a, uh, a talented, talented. Um, uh, video engineer. So he does some really great, professionally um, uh, uh, infograf- infographic trailers. He also can animate, do do some uh, small animations too, as well. Um, so if you guys are looking for some really cool services and you guys are are, are needing some different things that we can do for you guys. We also do on demand support. Uh, we do uh, all as uh, press kits we will even help you with your, uh, your pitch deck if you wanted to pitch those to the direct market as well. So we do all those really different uh, all those really cool things that we offer. Um, it's uh, me and Ben. Uh, we also we what we do here at Geek, uh, Geek Collective is we contract out working comic pros. Um, so if there's any work that you guys need we have have different uh, people that are on our roster of, of contractors so that we can reach out to them like pe- like people like Alan dunford who is one of the writers of Grandma chainsaw pocus hocus and uh, upcoming uh book that we have in a magazine that we're going to be doing it's kind of like a magazine anthology kind of mashup thing that I did uh, that we're going to be doing here called archetypes. Uh, we're going to be dropping that on Kickstarter here in February. It's going to feature "Beneath the Lighthouse" from Rabbit and Hat Studios, which is uh, which is Alan Dunford's uh, studio house. There, we're also going to have a really cool, uh, you know, spinoff here uh, story from uh, Ben's uh, Scarlet Twilight, uh, Ace Falcon, and it's going to be one of the first appearances of that story there um we're also is that true i've been or am i am i yeah blind? yeah this is the
1: first um one of the first spinoffs i'm going into Cobalt crisis which is going to be my next big scarlet twilight book and uh in the lead up to that i'm doing a few uh, if you look at those old golden age comics they'd have you know like a 60 page book that would almost be an anthology you'd have 10 pages of batman you'd have um, you know, 10 pages of like airwave or somebody like that you have some prose so i'm kind of trying to do that and ace falcon is one of those stories so yeah it's, very cool. uh, and then, it's yeah. the next chapter of scarlet twilight
0: Very cool. So we're going to be showing you guys that. We're going to give you an eight-page sneak peek of that story there within these pages. And we're also going to have a brand-new short story here from a breakout uh, creator. His name is Rafael Flores Jr. This one is Mother Wolf and Cubs. So we're going to have three different comic books. There are probably four because I might have uh, some of our, our friends over at Oneshi Press. They have a couple of things they want to show as well. So we're going to throw that into the here. We also have some really cool articles from Geek Network. They have they, they were telling me that they have something lined up really awesome that they're going to do some, some stuff specifically for this and then they're going to drop it on their website as well. So that's going to be really cool. And it's a really huge huge announcement so um that way and, and big for the for the uh for the comic book industry um and we have a some writing tools from our friend uh adrian he is uh you he is at pesto comics over at uh on x twitter and uh and he's got he's what he does is he does these daily like affirmations and like and, and, and like puts these like daily writing tips out there so i wanted him to kind of Gather some of his favorite ones and put put them together and we were gonna put those into an article there for you guys. And he's gonna be doing something really cool. I don't know what he's gonna do with it. Uh, He's going to do something special. We're going to talk to our friends on Press, Press. We're going to ask them to explain themselves and tell us what's up in 2024 um, and really, really cool stuff. And so we're going to have some media kits, uh, uh, some resources there for that, as well as some some marketing tools and some really cool stuff. So that one's coming up. Here's some of the pages for Beneath uh, the Lighthouse from our friend brian Bolando, he's the he's the interior artist for all those other really cool co- co- stuff too and uh this one there's something beneath the lighthouse uh, here's uh mother wolf and cubs uh she's a werewolf that's one thing i'm gonna give away for you guys uh that's about all we're gonna show you guys because we can't give you anything more but make sure you guys are following us uh on on kickstarter it is uh it is geekcollective.net slash archetypes uh, we'll, that will, will be dropping uh, in uh, February, so make sure you guys are doing that. Um, if everybody hits their deadlines and we are re- good and I've got it laid out and made Banner have it all laid out and, and worked out, we're going to go to print before we even launch this thing on kickstarter so that when we are ready for you guys on kickstarter we can uh the kickstarter pays the contributors and it pays for shipping and 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 distribution and all that stuff and to do it again so so we're able to to contribute to new artists and and pay new artists to do uh, because we're hoping to do this at least once per year and then if we can get some kind of sustainability to this maybe we'll start doing a quarterly book um, so and, and what we're doing with this is it's uh, we're going to we're going to try to use this as a tool for all of us to kind of to kind of grow together and, and to show and showcase kickstarter crowdfunding books that are going to be happening in the summertime so we're going to drop something in the in the in the beginning of the year so you can anticipate stuff that's going to be dropping in the summertime so around the time that we will uh print this you'll have maybe one or two three months before some of these things actually drop in kickstarter and you'll be able to read some of the stuff a little ahead of time and have it physically in your hands while you're contributing to that actual kickstarter as well so that's our hope uh, we'll see how this little experiment goes this is kind of my little brain child came from like my punk rock days when we did punk rock zines and like like went to kinko's and printed them out but now we have cool printers now we have amazing artists and now we have uh like different ways we can do this thing right so i love comic books and i love zines why not mash them together so um that that's that's what and that's what archetypes is for us so uh, make sure you guys are checking that out um Ben, uh, you have something to tell us a little bit about because we are now a partner for Gemini uh, Mailing Supply. We are. Yeah.
1: So we have um, we have a great deal with them where uh, we've always talked about this. You know, you've got to use these mailers to get everything out. Um, there's so many. I say I'd probably see at least every week somebody complaining about getting their books in the mail and saying, I'm never going to back this guy again. He sent me this book in like a, you know, like a, a paper mailer or something like that. It showed up bent up. So um we're part of gemini comic supply you can go there and enter geek collective 10 and get a great deal on um on your mailers and then obviously when you're you know getting a lot of these in bulk which you really need to for campaigns that can really add up to a lot i think yeah. joey you said um someone we work with had saved hundreds of dollars uh, yeah. just from using this
0: yeah alan alan actually just reached out to me he's like he, he told me the other day and every time that we he uses this every single time that he that he ships stuff and he I think the least he that he saved was it was like two hundred bucks. Uh-huh. So and 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 he's like saved like four or five hundred bucks at, at a time sometimes. Depending on what you order, man. It, it could do pretty good at I mean two hundred bucks. That's a pretty good you can get an extra cover from somebody from that, or a couple of them if you find some really great arts, right? So that's 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 pretty worth it. So if if you look at it in that way. So make sure you guys are going to uh Gemini Mailing Supply and hitting Keep collective 10 at checkout and get your 10% off. Um, well, hopefully we can, we'll work on trying to get a little bit more if we do this and we can see that we are getting a, an increase in this volume. They'll give us more to give you guys away. So make sure you guys are doing that and getting that 10% off. Absolutely. And Ben, you've got something that that you want to
1: tease, right? I have a few things to tease actually. Uh, I'm going to throw the link in the comments here. We've got the pre-launch live for, the next Scarlet Twilight, which is called Cobalt Crisis. It's basically if Crisis on Infinite Earth had been created in the 1940s or Secret Wars or something like that. So it's going to be one of those big, earth-shattering, multiversal epics, but done in the, the 1940s Golden Age style. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it was kind of a cool, I think, way to take some of those things we, we're used to seeing but to do it in a way that can be completely focused on the style and the character of it, not necessarily um, getting the universe into shape for the next, you know, few years of comics, so I'm really excited for that. I also um, have a few other fun things to show. Cool. Um, there's, um, we're gonna do a, a campaign just to kind of gear up to this. In addition to what we see in archetypes, we're gonna have um, another um, Kickstarter campaign that has a preview of this book. Um, it's gonna have, there we go, um, a few other characters we introduce. Uh, this one this is the first time I'm showing, is the Captain Lancet of Earth 86. Um, which very is going to cool. be really fun. Doesn't necessarily tie in huge ways to the to the main story, but it's going to be kind of in an anthology format that you see in those older comics. So, um, a lot of cool stuff in works for the Scarlet Spider universe in uh, in twenty four. So, very pumped. And to, I love uh, that you're share like more of that.
0: I love that you're like there It's it has to do with these different universes and multiverses and you're like dropping these little hints of these little different different little <laughs> characters from these multiverses in like different anthologies and magazines that's such a cool thing too that's yeah. like that's a genius marketing thing that you just kind of did out of nowhere out of like randomly too <laughs> like like it didn't It wasn't even was supposed to happen
1: <laughs> yeah it was it kind of well we started talking about it and I kind of is that you know marinated in my head i thought hey this this really ties into how those old comics were put together and i think it's also a really good build up to uh, you know just even when we look at marvel did they had kind of the the individual movies and it was so cool to see them get together so yeah obviously it's not that scale but it is kind of cool to have a little bit of build up a little bit of reintroduction to the world from some different angles and then we go back into that big epic uh crossover so we'll see i hope it works i'm excited to do it one way or the other
0: Heck yeah very cool and then that's what this is all about right he's coming up with different ideas and implementing them and, and 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 learning from them so we'll see so the only way that these things can happen is if you guys go to geekcollective.net slash archetypes and drop that link again it is zoopggg slash c slash cobalt right crisis there you go um and then please drop the link for uh, thoughtscape there we go and uh, make sure you guys are doing that. Go e- Even if you're just sharing it out, you know, sharing goes a long yeah, way. With- it's huge. Um that's that's a big one. So um also I do have one thing to say. I don't even think I told uh Ben about this, but um uh, we had someone from Catalyst magazine the digital magazine reach out to me and they wanted to do a, a write-up on me. So I just sent out the questions the other day. Back the I sent the, the answers out, and that's gonna be dropping soon. So uh look out for that. We talk a lot of little uh, little bit about archetypes, I talk a little bit about marketing, and there's a couple little bit of, of tidbits in there, so I'll be sharing that out and stuff too so um it's another really cool thing to 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 kind of see what we can do with this this kind of this this medium right so um very very cool stuff so stay tuned there's a lot of really cool stuff happening from us here in 2024 um uh, we're not we're not gonna stop and we're gonna be continue going um uh, we have lots and lots of people that we're working with we have people like you know brian hawkins uh, he's got a he's got a book that's dropping uh, this month at the end of this month. Uh, it's called um, uh, Stat. It is a meta slasher who done it. Um, it's basically it's so so. The quick little synopsis of it is: it, there's a real, reality TV show set inside of a hospital, and there's somebody going around killing people. And they got to figure out what's going on And it's it's live and it's right there Happening meta So very very cool stuff uh, So he's, he's dropping that uh, He just got all of his stuff from that production House picked up through um, i believe advent comics so very very cool guys so you guys want to go to check out all the stuff that he's going out he's going to be dropping them all through kickstarter he's got a three four year plan guys like a five year plan of all these like he's, he's like here here's the next few years of these comics that we're going to be doing and he's got a big list of them there's a lot of really cool stuff so you guys are going to want to check that out we're going to be working with him on all the pr for all of those things so make sure you guys are following us follow ben and make sure you always always follow matt so um man you got anything else
1: i think that's it it's great to be back for the new year i'm excited to uh to jump in all these new projects we yeah. have and um i think that's it matt i yeah. want to thank you for yeah. coming on and showing off the book oh yeah thanks so much for having me
2: Real appreciate. Anyone, it.
0: let everybody know where they can find you on social media uh
2: yeah so you can go to uh i'm matt ml on uh twitter x and instagram you can go to thoughtscapecomics.com and hit um find all of my handles there as well and we're thoughtscape2024.com on kickstarter right now so
0: fantastic and awesome thank you so much for hanging out with us ben please drop that outro music